Hey, Freddie Wills here from FreddieWills.com. Another podcast, another week recap of last week's college football, looking at things from a betting perspective and how we can find some line value in this upcoming week. Uh, before we get into it, wanted to recap last week, also take care of some housekeeping items. I apologize for the microphone issues the last few weeks, which were due to me using the microphone on my camera versus this microphone. Uh, so this is the microphone I've used for years and obviously uh, you guys will be able to tell that it's much better uh, this week hopefully so uh, thank you guys for bearing with me and letting me know about that um, definitely hope it's better this week uh, so let's recap last week's uh, college football went eight and two against the spread with an outstanding 20% return on investment uh, NFL five and two plus nine point seven percent return on investment so nearly 30 percent return on investment I have always dominated week two of the NFL. You know, I can promise you I'm not going to go 13 and four every week. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, week two NFL, week three college football, uh, my lifetime record is 120 and 64, so 65% winners uh, during that time frame. But uh, the good news is I've also been really, really good in week three of the NFL, week four of college, 105 and 75. Uh, so that's 58% winners plus 100.91% return on investment over my lifetime. That's 12 seasons. So make sure you guys check out my $99 football package. You get all my picks this week, guaranteed profit or your money back. I will refund you right away if we do not profit. Uh, so make sure you check that out. I already have a bunch of you guys on board for this week for, um, you know, after winning last week, it's easy to um, get you guys to to invest again. So uh, definitely uh, looking to do the same thing this week. And um, it starts right here. We're going to break down last week's games. Florida against Alabama. Uh, Florida got out, you know, went down twenty-one to three. And I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a blowout city here against Alabama. But I, you know, have to respect uh, the fact that Florida had a post-game win expectancy of ninety-one percent. They outgained Alabama 440 to 331. Uh, they were plus 1.18 yards per play. Uh, you know, I just I, I have to respect Florida did not give up in this game. They did not quit. Uh, they the reason they lost this game was mainly on special teams. And I'm thinking maybe Alabama might not be as good as some think uh, based on watching this game, especially the fact that Alabama. I mean, they typically will put. Their foot on the gas for all four quarters in SEC play, and they were not able to do that in this game. Um, but Alabama special teams is the biggest difference in this game, plus nine yard advantage in field position. So uh, definitely one of the reasons they won this game by two points. Oklahoma over Nebraska. I mean, really, they kind of had to hold on. Something clearly wrong with Oklahoma, in my opinion, and I, I think it's a lack of explosiveness on offense. Nebraska was right in this game. They were only outgained by 24 yards. I feel like I was, you know, right on Nebraska to start the year, uh, but they had a bad game against Illinois, and since uh, have gone three and zero against the spread. You know, I gave out Nebraska over Illinois to start the year, and I mentioned last week that I thought Nebraska was going to cover um, against Oklahoma. I, I said the week before, same thing against Buffalo. Uh, the defense has clearly improved, especially up front. So, you know, Nebraska being a five-point dog here against Michigan State, a team that needs to run the ball, I think is an intriguing matchup. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm obviously leaning towards Nebraska here. I, I think it's still a tough spot after the Oklahoma game going back-to-back 
uh, games on the road. Uh, but Michigan State, uh, misleading final on their own. Obviously, they, they beat Miami, but Miami beat themselves in this game. And Michigan State wins 38-17 to as, as they, they roll late. Um, they were actually, Miami was plus six first downs in this game. Only negative 14 yards despite losing by three touchdowns. They were not very good when getting into Michigan State territory. They had four turnovers to Michigan State's zero. Miami had a horrible average field position in this game. The 19-yard line compared to Michigan, who started at the 34 on average. I still feel like this Michigan State team is overrated. You know, Maybe I'll die on that hill alone, um, but looking to fade them again this week against Nebraska. Uh, Miami is a team you know I may back again. Uh, but you know, I've never been crazy about Manny Diaz. Uh, I respect, uh, the quarterback King and what he brings to that offense, but so far they've been extremely disappointing this year. I uh, definitely, um, going to have to wait and see with them, but they're too talented to be, you know, to not be covering some spreads later this season. Um, after going 0 three now against the number Clemson and you have to backtrack on Miami. You have to really like they have had a tough schedule opening up against Alabama, uh, then playing at app state. I mean, those are two, they probably had the toughest schedule so far. And then at home against Michigan state in a game, they just played their worst game of the year, really. So, um, you know, I'm not ready to sell Miami completely. And, you know, I think they bounce back at some point. Clemson struggles versus Georgia tech. You know, I mean, they hold on a 14 to eight, <laughs> what a weird game. Uh, Clemson has literally no explosiveness in this offense right now. They're kind of like a worse version of Oklahoma. Um, 6.1% of their plays were explosive in this game. Their defense is really saving them. The biggest problem on offense is this offensive line. I feel like they have talent. They can fix it at some point. Like I know Clemson's offensive line is a little undersized. Uh, they need to find some confidence, and they need to do so in a hurry. I don't know if it happens this week against NC State. I'm putting Clemson on an upset watch probably. I mean, they go on the road to play uh, a stout defense in NC State that ranks 36th in EPA run defense. Uh, you know, this should be another low-scoring game, and Clemson might be on an upset watch. I'd like to back them at some point because it's a really buy-low situation at this point for Clemson. Uh, but if, if they can't run the ball and give this quarterback some confidence – uh, it's going to be a long day, and this offense is going to continue to struggle unless something completely changes out of the blue. That's my opinion on Clemson right now. Uh, Cincinnati, Indiana. This is a game I went back and forth on. You know, I original lean was Indiana, and then you know digging deeper, there was just no way I could back Indiana. I thought they were going to have some turnover issues due to their offensive line and the strength of Cincinnati's defensive line you know this was a good game but indiana they really blew it turning the ball over four turnovers and they also gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown otherwise they outgained cincinnati by 48 yards in this game it was much closer than the 14 point loss i do think indiana has value moving forward uh but you know they're in a major sandwich spot this week with penn state on deck uh cincinnati's off and has a huge game against Notre Dame uh, next week, where they're right now a three and a half point dog. I, you know, I don't think that's going to last. Uh, if it's a three and a half point dog next week, uh, you know, we're going to have to see what Notre Dame does this week. But I'm probably back in Cincinnati. I just think that uh, when you look at Cincinnati compared to Purdue um, and Notre Dame's defense compared to Indiana's defense, I think Indiana's 
got a better defense than Notre Dame, if you can believe that. Um, so I think Cincinnati will be able to move the ball better, and Cincinnati will be the best defense Notre Dame has faced all year. Uh, this is a Notre Dame team that struggled, had to beat Florida State in overtime. So uh, really interesting to me. Speaking of Florida State, uh, they lose thir- by three touchdowns at Wake Forest. Uh, you know, it looks like a blowout. And, you know, even though Florida State had six turnovers and you could say, oh, well, it was the six turnovers. This was absolutely a blowout. I, I you know, I didn't catch in the game. I went back and watched a little bit. But Wake Forest dominated time of possession, 40 to 20. They had over 160-yard edge, edge. And seven out of the ten drives by Wake Forest offense were successful. You know, I'd like to see Florida State does moving forward. You know, I think there's nowhere to go but up. So you're going to find some value backing them. I, you know, I can't till I see what they do at the quarterback spot. I think they need to go back to Jordan Travis and get the running game going um, because I think that could really help them, especially when they're an underdog. But this week they get Louisville. Louisville coming off a massive win at home on uh, Friday night. They get an extra day to prepare. Uh, and Louisville is just a two-point road favorite. I mean, it almost looks too easy to, to take Louisville, but I'll probably just stay away from that game, honestly. Moving on, uh, Ohio State beat Tulsa by 21, but they gave up 500 yards of offense in this game. This was a 27-20 game before Ohio State scored two touchdowns in the final three minutes of the game. Ohio State's defense is their biggest issue right now, specifically in the secondary, and they allowed Tulsa to convert 62% of their third downs. Um, Moving forward, they really need to find a way to manufacture pressure on opposing quarterbacks, um, or they're going to get upset again. This week, they get Akron, uh, 49.5-point favorites. This might be a spot where they take some frustration out, win 70 to nothing. However, you know, I can't I can't get there to the window betting any football teams as a 49-point favorite. You know, I've obviously missed out on some winning opportunities because I just refuse to bet a team like that. But, um, you know, I, I absolutely think that Ohio State can uh, pull out a 70 to nothing win this week and cover the spread. I mean, they need some something to take out their frustration, something to feel good about themselves. These coaches, these players, they are very much aware of these spreads. So um, rest assured, I, I think Ohio State covers this week. Tulsa, on the other hand, you know, went toe-to-toe with Oklahoma State and Ohio State the last two weeks on the road. Now they go back home to play Arkansas State team as a 13.5-point favorite. I kind of think this is too many points. Uh, but I mean, Tulsa just did put 500 plus, um, <laughs> yards on Ohio state and Arkansas state just gave up 52 points to Washington on the road. I did give up Washington as a premium play last week, really early in the week after their, you know, early struggles and losing to Montana, their offensive struggles. I, I really thought that they found something late in that Michigan game and I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I was spot on, on that handicap and I'm glad that game came through for you guys. And myself, Arizona State loses at BYU. Uh, you know, first of all, it's clear that BYU has a significant home field advantage, winning back-to-back weeks as as dogs against the Pac-12. I mean, that environment was insane. Um, added to the bucket list, I really want to get out there uh, to watch a game. They really won in misleading fashion, however. Uh, they turned the Arizona State over four times in this game. Arizona State was very successful passing and running in this game, and they had explosive plays as well. So, you know, I, I given how bad uh, Utah looked this past week as well and how BYU won this game against 
um, Arizona State. You know, BYU is on my list of teams to probably fade moving forward. But this week, they're home again at night. They play a bad South Florida team that's rebuilding. They're only a 23-point home favorite. Uh, You know, I can't get to the window there either way. I can't back a bad South Florida team. and It's just way too many points for a BYU team that's been very misleading the last few weeks in their wins, upset wins. And I I just don't see how can they get up uh, against South Florida after playing two Pac-12 teams. So it's just not a game that I want to get involved in. Arizona State, on the other hand, will get Colorado as a 14.5-point favorite. Again, it's, it's this is an Arizona State team. I'm, I'm just not looking to back as a favorite. I'm certainly not looking to back them as a two-touchdown-plus favorite. I don't care if they're at home and playing Colorado who scored zero points last week against Minnesota. A Minnesota team uh, for which I, I gave out on the money line as a pick on Saturday. But still, uh, I, I think Colorado has been a very tough team in the Pac-12. So I, I just don't think that Arizona State is going to roll over them. I was kind of surprised that spread was so high, though. Nevada against Kansas State. I mean, this game was closer than the final score indicated. This was a tied game, 17-7, headed into the fourth quarter. Kansas State scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win in what appeared to be a blowout fashion. Kansas State had a 10-yard advantage in starting field position. They were successful throwing and passing, but their defense also played their typical bend-but-don't-break style. Nevada had a turnover and were 2-4 for four on fourth down, which ended up being the difference here. Uh, so I can't really take too much away from this game. Kansas State uh, still really not getting respect. They're a six-point road dog against Oklahoma State, who, who's been kind of underwhelming to start the year, to be honest. And, you know, I know I gave out Oklahoma State plus three and a half at Boise, a max play of the day. And, and some of you guys felt like I got lucky on that late. But, um, I, I mean, after the first quarter, Oklahoma State pretty much dominated Boise State in that game uh, in the trenches on both sides. They were they, they were really ripping off explosive runs and their defense really stepped up. So although their running back fumbled late in that game and it was returned by Boise for a touchdown, Oklahoma State still would have gotten the ball back. Um, they ruled him down on the field and blew the whistle. So, you know, Boise did get the ball. They rode down and missed a field goal. Um, but, um, you know, I didn't feel like I was lucky in that game watching it. After, if, you, if you asked me after the first quarter and then told me the final score, then yes, I would feel lucky because the first quarter was just really bad for them. But uh, overall, I I thought I was on the right side. Marshall got upset by East Carolina. You know, I know a lot of sharp people were on Marshall minus 10. It was a very popular play. I I just didn't know what we would get out of East Carolina after the South Carolina game. So in reality, I probably leaned that way as well. Um, And, you know, Marshall was up 38 to 28 late in the fourth quarter before East Carolina scored the final two touchdowns in the final two minutes of the game. Uh, they were outgained, but Marshall turned the ball over three times. You know, I was also shocked to see that East Carolina's offense did put up 561 yards, but I, I do attribute that to Marshall playing a little bit of prevent defense when they were up 38 to 21 in this game. I think looking at ECU unders after this game will likely um, be the way I look. Um, but Marshall, like in reality, they lost this game in misleading fashion. Now they're a seven-point dog at App State in what should be the best Thursday night game of the season. You know, I don't like trying to take a dog on the road traveling on a short week, so I, I do lean towards Marshall, but I don't know if I'll get to the, the window with that game. So now I'm going to give out a premium play on this podcast. I usually don't do this, but I have one ready for you guys, and it's worth talking about. It's on a total, but uh, let me just first talk about Utah's 
defense, which held San Diego State to 248 yards, but they give up 33 points. Very misleading. Utah's offense struggled again, running and passing. Their defense has been dominant, but the, the last two games they have played, they've given up 26 and 33 points. So again, on, on the surface, it looks like, well, what the hell's wrong with Utah's defense? Why are they giving up so many points? That's really the offense uh, that's creating these issues. Now they lose their quarterback, Charlie Brewer, who simply leaves the teams and quits. Um, you know, I feel for him, but like nobody likes a quitter. I, I can't, I, I hate the where I hate where college football is going now with these guys that can just transfer with a snap of their finger. And I just really think it's bad for the sport. And I, I, I just don't like the lesson it's teaching people that you can just quit and move to a better situation for yourself. I do feel for Brewer because I know he's been through a lot with the concussions. Um, but I just don't ever think he's going to get back to where he was that year with Baylor when they went to the Big 12 uh, championship game with Matt Rule as their, as their coach. I just I just don't think it's, it's really in the cards. Um, but Utah in this game had 14 drives, a 28% drive success rate. Uh, they were negative in EPA pass and EPA rush. Uh, this week they play a Washington State team who just, you know, they just gave up 45 points to USC. And, you know, on the surface it looks like, hey, we're going to get a high-scoring game here between Washington State and Utah. But I just don't see it that way. I think Whittingham simplifies the offense with Brewer gone, relies on his defense, and, you know, tries to run the ball. And Washington State, for as many points as they gave up, they were really successful stopping the run. Uh, they were bad at giving up big plays in the passing game, uh, which really isn't Utah's offense. So I'm going under the total of 54.5 in the Utah versus Washington State game. It's a 2% premium play, um, so make sure you check it out, freddywills.com. Last game we're going to break down, and we'll look at some look-ahead spots here. San Jose State struggled at Hawaii. This this game happened really late Saturday or Sunday morning, depending on how you look at it. San, San Jose State really struggled on offense. Uh, they got the win 17 to 13, but now they have to come back to the mainland, travel all the way over to the the East Coast or Midwest, and uh, face Western Michigan team in a shortened week. It probably has to be the worst spot of the week. The only positive is the fact that Western Michigan got a huge upset against Pitt on the road. Um, so does Western Michigan use that as momentum before heading into the MAC schedule play, uh, or do they have a bit of a hangover here? Uh, Western Michigan's a three point favorite here. Early Weatherport is windy, so you know I don't know how much I like the favorite here. Uh, the, it's really going to come down to these running games. We got two really good quarterbacks in this game, uh, but the total sitting at sixty-three with a lot of wind. Uh, looking at the under, I'm really going to just pay close attention to this total throughout the week. Some interesting look-ahead spots. Not much here to report. Auburn hosts Georgia State this week, twenty-seven point home favorite, and then they have Penn State on deck. Uh, so. Oh, I'm sorry. After that Penn State game, they just played Penn State. Obviously, Auburn played Penn State. Now they get Georgia State, and they have LSU on deck, a road trip to LSU. So very uh, big sandwich spot here, bad spot for Auburn. Indiana just got upset by Cincinnati and have Western Kentucky, uh, where they're a, a nine-point road favorite, a road game, um, playing against the, the group of five. Uh, but they have number six ranked Penn State up Next on the road, so another sandwich game, look-ahead spot, however you want to call it. They just played that big game against Cincinnati. Now they have Western Michigan. And then they go and play Penn State. I mean, that's a that's a bad spot for Indiana. Really got to look at Western Kentucky here this week. I don't know if I'll get to the window with it, but 
Uh, again, guys, that wraps up today's podcast. Hopefully the microphone was improved. You guys could hear me. And um, make sure you head on over to freddywills.com. Smash the like button for this podcast or YouTube video, depending on if you're listening or watching. really appreciate it. It really helps me. And um, till next week, uh, good luck on your bets this week.